Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. Hi, all you movie fans out there. This is Betty Jo Tucker thanking you for tuning in to Movie Attic Headquarters. You know, we have mixed feelings today because our major concern, of course, is about the safety of people impacted by the devastation caused by the storm Sandy last night. So we'd like to urge anyone who wants to help to contribute to charities such as the Red Cross and the Salvation Army. And it's going to take a long time to clean up after this devastation because I think there were almost seven states involved, so every little bit will help, folks. But we're also very excited about today's show because we'll be paying tribute to M. Night Shyamalan, a filmmaker with fans throughout the world who admire his approach to making movies like The Sixth Sense and Signs that kind of scare the socks off viewers. And I'm not ashamed to admit being part of that group. This talented writer-director earned Oscar nominations as Best Director and Best Screenwriter for The Sixth Sense. Well-deserved, I might say. And his other honors include a Golden Satellite Award, a Bram Stoker Award, and a Best Director Award from the UK Empire Awards. I think it's very fitting to talk about Shyamalan on this Halloween Eve, especially when we have such distinguished guests as film historian James Colt Harrison and hopefully film critic John P. McCarthy, who uh, is right in the thick of things in New York, uh, in the New York area, which may have been hit by the storm. So we're keeping our fingers crossed that everything is all right with John and that he might be calling in later during the show. Plus, some actors who have worked with Shyamalan may also call in. But before we get started, let's see if Nikki Starr is ready to help with the show. Nikki, are all systems go in the chat room? They are. We're ready. Well, I'm glad you're ready, Nikki, and I'm so relieved that you're here today because I've been seeing a lot on the news about um, North Carolina um, being impacted by Sandy. Uh, tell us what's happening in your area. Well, it's interesting because I'm in western North Carolina, not quite, about two hours from the border from Tennessee. However, we got, you know, because that, that storm was in like this huge surge of motion, okay? So we had a lot of wind, and if oh. you think about it, and actually wind was the worst when Sandy was about 200 miles off the shore from New Jersey. And right. then we also had rain and snow coming from from the upper loop. Do you know yes. what I mean? Like as it goes down, so we have rain and snow coming. But it was interesting that it's, it's a thousand miles wide and affected wow. so many people. Mm -hmm. 
Wow. Well, I I just am, am so glad to know that you're that you're all right and and that you're able to be with us and and uh, you know our thoughts and prayers go out to the to the people who are suffering because of this. What is it they call it? A Frankenstorm? Because it's got so much uh, associated with it: the wind and the snow and the rain and. Um, so we really appreciate you being here, and we want to thank you. And, and I want to thank the people who sign up for the chat, as well as our other listeners, of course, because we really appreciate them. And we also appreciate James for taking the time to join us. And I just want to um, let everyone know that James is practically a member of our Movie Addict Headquarters family, uh, he's just uh, visited with us so often, and we're always so happy when he's here. And uh, But I don't um, know if everyone knows how uh, his distinguished qualifications are, so I wanted to remind them about the fact that he's contributed film commentary to La Jolla Village News, Classic Movie Guide, and Review Express. He's also served as a panelist for the Robert Osborne Film Festival, and so it's my very great pleasure to welcome Jim back to the show. And James, are you ready for Halloween out there in La Jolla? <laughs> We're always ready for Halloween out here because most Californians look like they're still in costumes. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> what are you? What are you in costume for for Halloween? A little Bo Peep. I I want a picture. How about you, Nikki? Don't you want to see James dressed up as little Bopeep? That would be scary. That would would definitely scare us all. Uh, Yes, especially since I dress like that every day. (laughs) Well, it must be beautiful out there now. I mean, well, yes, it's it's beautiful and sunny. Warm, uh, and I, I do feel for the people back east. And we were talking before that you met M. Night uh, Shyamalan in person and, and interviewed him. Could you tell our listeners how that happened and uh, tell us a little bit about your meeting with M. Night? Uh, yes, I, I did meet him, and it was thrill. I was thrilled, and it was it was a lot of fun to meet him because it was way back in 1998 when he was. Uh, promoting his film Wide Awake. And at that time, of course, he was about 27 or 28. And I thought, oh, my goodness, he's so young to be directing big films and everything. I'm always astonished at these young filmmakers because they don't look old enough to make movies, but there they are making movies. And uh, he was a charming, charming man, very sweet and uh open, uh, very down-to-earth, nothing uh, Hollywood about him, of course, because he lives actually in the Philadelphia area. Right. And, born in uh, India. Born, born in, in India. India, yes. And, um, he, of course, he doesn't have a trace of an Indian accent because he grew up here in the United States and, and went to school and and has always lived in the uh, Philadelphia area just outside, I guess, in a little, little town. And has a beautiful farmhouse that was actually featured in Architectural Digest one time. Really? Yeah, it's a gorgeous place, big spread, like a farm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he does any farming there, but it's it's out in the country. It's beautiful, just beautiful. But anyway, uh, he, he came to town, and uh, he was promoting his movie Wide Awake back in 1998, so that's a long time ago. But uh, he he was very eager at the time, and uh, 
I don't know, kind of shy, uh, soft-spoken, mm-hmm. very very uh, gentle kind of a man. You'd never think all those spooky things would come out of him, but <laughs> you don't know what people are like inside. <laughs> all the de- He lets all of his demons come out in his movies, I think. I think he does. I think you're right about that. Well, you know, um, I don't know whether you remember this or not, uh, James, but uh, back in I was I was in San Diego at that very same time. Oh, when, uh, yeah, when M Night yeah. Shyamalan was uh, was doing the promotion for Wide Awake, and I had a chance to interview him too, and I had no idea that uh, th- that this gentle, serious soul <laughs> was going to be become one of our most important filmmakers. <laughs> no, and I had no idea either. I mean, you wouldn't know that because he was so young, and you think, well, what's going to happen with this guy? Right, and you know what? He, he was very, very serious, and what I thought um, was this guy should be, in the movies, not making movies, because he's really he's really very very good looking, and of course he did end up putting himself in. <laughs> yes, he is very handsome, very dark, dark eyes, and of course the the typical Indian black hair. So he he's very very well. He's catnip for the ladies, is all I can say. Yeah, I think so. That's what, that's kind of the way I felt when I when I was interviewing. I I remember I started out my uh, my review of Wide Awake. I, I have it here. <laughs> I said, tall, dark, and handsome. M Night Shyamalan may look more like a movie star than a writer director, but his main interest lies in creating uplifting motion pictures like Wide Awake, his new movie for Miramax Films. I guess it was for Miramax Films back in those days. I mean, then he yeah. went on to do uh, Dis- you know, Disney Touchstone Disney. and now has a, a company of his own. But, um, but I remember in Wide Awake, uh, it was a very interesting little film. I mean, I, it wasn't earth-shaking, no, but it no. had such a wonderful cast. It had uh, Robert Loggia, one of my favorite actors. It had Rosie O'Donnell. Do you remember Rosie O'Donnell as as a nurse? Yes, I remember her in that. And, no, not a nurse, a nun. Yeah, she was a, a sister. Nun, I think she was a nun, yeah. Yeah, she was a nun. And then it had this uh, uh, Joseph Cross, who played the Played the young um, the young boy who was uh, actually searching for God and was was getting interested in all sorts of religions, which is ca- was causing him a little bit of trouble because he was going to that Catholic school. <laughs> and the nun, played by Rosie O'Donnell, was having some trouble, you know, kind of uh, keeping him on the straight and narrow. So it was a it was a, a sweet movie. It had. Uh, you know, elements of the supernatural with it. I think it ended with a scene with an angel, which critics really didn't didn't like. A lot of critics really didn't like. But but M. Knight said that that was the you know when he would do the the questions afterwards with groups, especially children. And of course, the movie was targeted somewhat to children. That that would be the scene that they would pick out. Yes. Yes. So, and I'd like to say a, a good thing about that the the little boy actor Joseph Cross. Joseph Cross, he, yeah. He he was wonderful in that, and I don't know how old he was then. Maybe ten? Do you think? Uh, yes, I think ten or eleven. Yeah, he was excellent. 
Excellent. And he he's gone on, I think, to make make some other movies. But but it was uh, it was a good debut. But right after that, he ended up uh, getting a large sum of money. I mean, millions wasn't some millions of dollars the most that was ever uh, paid to a screenwriter to do this uh, this movie, The Sixth Sense. And who knew that it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> that it was going to be such a such a success. Oh, gonna, huge! Yeah, huge. And I'm going to read off um, Shyamalan's films now. He he hasn't made uh, a lot of them, but he's no, had he such an influence with with the films that that he has made, and that's why I'm honored, you know, to host a tribute to him. And I am a big fan. I think there's only one of his films that I didn't see, and it's the one that came before Wide Awake. It was called Praying with Anger, which was a film he made about uh, going back to India. I, I don't know much more about that. And then, of course, we've talked about Wide Awake. The next one was The Sixth Sense. And then he did Unbreakable, Signs, The Village, Lady in the Water, The Happening, the Last Airbender, and then he was a producer of a film called uh, Devil, which took place in the in all in an elevator, <laughs> and I did see that. Then he's got an upcoming film called After Earth, which will be out in 2013, and he actually served as the screenwriter for Stuart Little. Did you know that, James? Uh, yes, I did know that. Uh, I didn't know it at the time. Uh, because I, I definitely remember seeing that movie, and I thought it was so charming and so cute. Uh, but I didn't know that he had written it at that time. But and I just found out, you know, in later years that he had written it. Well, so he's inter- a very clever man. Very yes, clever. and it's interesting that, as you say, it's a charming little, you know, children's <laughs> film. Again, yeah. you wouldn't expect... Uh, these other movies, you know, that the same screenwriter for Stuart Little could be doing all of these other, all of these other movies, and I think that um, that Nikki has seen a number of uh, films uh, that M Night Shyamalan has uh, directed, and I'd kind of like to get her um, ideas now as to um, as to uh, which ones that she that she really enjoyed. So. So, Nikki, do you have some favorite uh, M. Night Shyamalan films? Well, without a doubt, hands down, Sixth Sense, of course. Yes. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's one of my top ten favorite movies of all time, I think. Wow. Surprise, I mean, I have to say maybe as far as surprise endings or gotcha or, oh, my gosh, how did I miss that? What was I thinking? Do you know what I mean? I do. Yeah, and so... I love that. And then I loved his movie, Signs. This is my second favorite movie of his. And both of those movies, I loved. Loved. So, good yeah. picks. Good mm-hmm. picks. I, I I think you've got you've got very good uh, very good taste. And you said you even, you saw Lady in the Water. And that you really... It was bizarre, but it was good. I mean, I have a big, um, let's see, you know when they say that you can believe things that are suspension of disbelief. I have a big suspension of disbelief. And the more suspension of disbelief that I have in the movie, the more I like it. Now, if there's a movie that's based on something that's real and there's one tiny error, I get so angry. But you can show me sci-fi and horror all day long, and I'm like, yeah, woo. But, um, yeah, I know. <laughs> but but I'll tell you, I did like the movie, Lady in the Water. I loved the, the way it was filmed. I thought it was beautiful. 
I know he's pretty good about that. I mean, he that seems to be one of his. He does things differently. Yeah. Movies always look different. I don't know how to explain it. Except for but whatever. That one was crazy. And uh, so you would pick, um, uh, if you were to pick top, the top three, you'd pick the sixth sense. For number and, one. And so signs. For the top pick the sixth sense, signs, and unbreakable. And unbreakable. Correct. I can't believe this. You have picked <laughs> my three. Oh, that's funny. My three top top films, and I'm I'm going to tell you why I liked these three. Although I did um, I did rank The Village as number three along with uh, along with Unbreakable, but um, it was hard for me to to pick between between those two. But The Sixth Sense. Um, let me ask uh, Jim maybe before I I talk a little bit more about my top three. Do you have a top three? Uh, films uh, of Shyamalan that you'd like to mention, James? Well, I, I have a couple of films that, that make an impression. I, I did like The Village. Uh-huh. And, uh, of course, uh, how could you not like The Sixth Sense? It was so different and spooky. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, wasn't that uh, little Haley Joel Rogers in that film? He was. Yeah, I think now he's in college. Uh, because that film was was made in 1999, so Haley Joel I think is all grown up now. Uh, right. And of course Bruce Willis was in that too. We mustn't forget him. Bruce Willis is a great film star. Has been in so many different things. So, and and the one film that I, my favorite because I hate it so much is The Last Airbender. <laughs> oh, it's your favorite because you hated it. Explain it's my favorite explain because yourself. I hate it. I thought I I don't know what happened to him during this film. What was he thinking? Right. Why why did he make it? It was so dreadful, and it was just it was so bad it was laughable. So I don't I, he he just went off the rails with that one. You describing the last Airbender as hideous. It was actually based on an anime, an anime series called The Last Airbender. Was Which, that a game or a television? No, show? No, it was a TV show. It was a TV okay. show. Oh, okay. Ford, it was Sally. horrible. It was. And, you know, that what happened was he had gotten that. That came out shortly, a little bit after the 3D, the huge 3D, you know, craze started happening yeah, with Avatar. Right. So yeah. he, we, he re, whatever they did to make that movie into 3D, do you remember that? Like it has filmed as 2D. Yes, it he, was. Yeah, and it was yeah. lousy 3D because it wasn't real 3D. It was perfect applique 3D. That's it, applique 3D. <laughs> yes, it, it, it just it didn't work. It wasn't really 3D. And no. also, uh, uh, I mean, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but I think the the lead little boy in it was yes. not right. I, he was just he was not right. He, I wasn't happy with the casting. I wasn't happy with the way it was filmed. I wasn't happy with the special effects. I was the story. Actually, if you if you do look up the last Airbender, anybody who looks at anime, the story is really brilliant. But he kind of did lose, kind of lose his mind in it. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, you know, everybody makes mistakes, and uh, even my favorite architect, Frank Lloyd Wright, uh, made mistakes. But he said one time when I heard him at a lecture, he said. Uh, Morticians can bury their mistakes, and architects can plant ivy on their houses to cover them up. So uh, M. Knight, I think, should just bury this film and forget about it. 
I think so, too. He does have some new movies coming up, and I was actually reading some interesting things about him. I'll just go ahead and pull this up, which I, I wonder if you ever noticed any of these things. And then if she doesn't call back in in a few minutes, we'll just go ahead and close the show. But there's some interesting things that he does in his movies. M. Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan. I never can say his last Shyamalan. 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 Okay. <laughs> so he, he frequently uses Philadelphia, which is where he was raised, as yeah, a backdrop in his movies. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So he used that in Wide Awake, which, by the way, did you see Wide Awake? Uh, Wide Awake, Wide Awake. Uh, yes, 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 that's the one that I interviewed Is that I the one that you guys interviewed him for? Yeah. Okay. I haven't yeah. seen that one. I'm going to have to see that one. Yeah, well, apparently the school that was used in that film was the one he had attended as a boy. It's a Catholic right. school. That is yeah. correct. And I he believe it's in, the, yeah, it's in the Philadelphia, Philadelphia area somewhere. And uh, everything, uh, he filmed apparently all of his movies in the Philadelphia area and the surrounding countryside in Pennsylvania. So that's why he gets that atmosphere, and it's you know when you're in a deep forest, it's always creepy. So he can make his scary movies. Right. <laughs> he has an interesting way of filming things. Okay, so it says um, he made he makes a cameo appearance in his own movies, everything except for two, which I think one of them was Wide Awake. He didn't appear in. I don't think he was in that one. No. Right. And car crashes <laughs> play typical roles in all of his films. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, I I, I heard that he was interested in making um, the Life of Pi, P.I. Yes, which uh, he did not make, but it is now being made by somebody else, and it's coming out later. But um, it is coming out soon. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Although I think he would have done a good job at that. I now that uh, yeah, I think he probably would have been really good with that one. Hello. Well, hi. <laughs> Hello. Boy, the, the gremlins really attacked me. Oh, <laughs> good. Off, there you are. They cut off my they cut off my phone, and then I I tried to call back with the host number, and they said you can only have one host. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, here I am. Well, you two are just doing a great job. I should just uh, sit back and, well, and enjoy, but. But I wanted to talk, but I definitely wanted to talk about The Sixth Sense because I thought it was such a great movie, and um, I don't think you can talk enough talk enough about it. And James, you mentioned Haley Joel Osment. Yes. And I, I thought in that movie, I mean, he was 11 years old, I think, at the time. And honest to gosh, he managed to frighten me more completely than all the special effects of uh, The Haunting, which I think was released that year, and that those realistic camera shots of, of the Blair Witch Project put together. He, <laughs> just, he just held me spellbound, and I thought the way he and uh, Bruce Willis interacted in that film, they were wonderful in their emotional scenes together. Didn't you think so? Well, I, I've always thought that Haley Joel Osment was one of the best child actors that we've had in films, and that goes way back, you know, to everybody. A, a, he's just a natural, wonderful little actor, and um, I, I don't know if he's still in college right now, but it, well, he's grown up. Obviously, that was 
1998, so he must be in his 20s by now. But uh, And I hope he continues acting because I think it was just a natural, God-given gift, and, and he should continue acting because he's so good. I agree with you. And when I was uh, talking with uh, Shyamalan and uh, in, um, interviewing him, he, he uh, mentioned about uh, the six, you know, uh, going to do the sixth sense after after Wide Awake. Yeah. And he decided that he wouldn't make the movie unless Haley Joel Osment played that role. Oh, is that, that right? Yeah. Yeah, in that movie. So he was he was just so uh, concerned uh, about making sure that he had the right person for that uh, role. And that movie, I mean, it started me off with uh, the thing that I, I really want to see in Shyamalan's films. I want to not only be frightened, but I want to think about the movie afterwards. And he certainly gave us a lot to think about that in the in the sixth sense. And it was a very, very scary movie. Didn't you, didn't you feel the same way about that, James? Oh, I thought it was one of the creepiest movies. <laughs> and I, I like to be creeped out in, in uh, horror movies and everything because when I was a kid, the Frankenstein movies used to just scare me to death. And I've always liked to, you know, jump out of my seat and... <laughs> Yeah, you know, get what, get the whip what we scared love. out of you. <laughs> well, he does he does do that, and then to follow it up with with signs, which like like uh, Nikki, I mean, it's my second favorite Shyamalan film, which came out in two thousand three, uh, because I've always been kind of curious about the uh, crop circles. And I, I just wondered about them, and of course I was ready to see a movie about it. And so here comes Shyamalan with this creepy <laughs> movie signs, and exploring what might happen to a, you know to an average American family who was uh, whose cornfield suddenly becomes host to all these patterns of circles and, and lines. Uh, and I thought, know, well, that, yeah, that is mysterious, isn't it? It's always it, puzzled me. Yeah. yeah and, like Absolutely. just talking about it, just talking about it right now gives me goosebumps. I loved <laughs> that movie. I loved it. I did too. I did too. And and those performances by um, by Mel Gibson and Joaquin mm-hmm. Phoenix, they were top notch performances. But you know what? So it was, it was the fun. children. Mm-hmm. It was the children who impressed me the most in Signs, just like. Haley Joel Osment did in the in the sixth sense. I remember Rory Culkin, and by the way, I was so hoping that Rory would be able to call in today, because when he portrayed Mel Gibson's asthmatic son, he almost broke broke my heart. He was he was just uh, wonderful, and I know that Rory said uh, uh, after making that movie, he says that Knight is probably the best director I have worked with. <laughs> So I wanted to hear from him to see if he still if he still uh, felt 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 that way. So uh, what um, what other um, what other reaction do you have, Nikki, about signs? To me, okay, when you I said I have a huge just dis- dis- suspension of disbelief. Okay, that one I didn't have to use at all in that movie. That movie, it was cute. It was, it was intense. 
they portrayed the family exactly how I think people would act. It was, you know, you know, the, the ending made sense to me, even though he almost always argues with me that Water never would have done anything. But anyways, Water is really big in his movies, too, in M. Night Shyamalan's movies. But I love the movie. I loved it. I totally believed it. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was uh, definitely one of. They sat there with their little tinfoil hats on. How cute is that? (laughs) Mickey, you're a pushover. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, me too. I guess where Shyamalan is concerned, but but then I had to start worrying about uh, those darn crop circles. One thing, one thing I know for certain, I was uh, after I saw that movie, I was staying out of cornfields for a while. But it was a great movie. And then Unbreakable, oh, my gosh, in, in 2000. When a movie generates as much discussion after, afterwards, you know that you've seen something special on, on screen. And I love, yeah, I love Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson in that movie. His, I'm getting a lot of feedback now. My yeah, favorite, my, yeah. Oh, let me mute myself. It's probably me. I, I don't have a great connection. But it was just a terrific movie. And uh, to, uh, what a, what an idea! Here you have one man who is in a train accident that kills all the other passengers, and there's not a scratch on him, and he can't even remember ever being ill a day of his life. And then you have the and that was the Bruce Willis character. Then you have. Samuel L. Jackson as a man born with, let's see, I think it's called osteogenesis imperfecta, where where the bones are so brittle that they break under very little pressure. So you've got these two opposites, these men who need each other. And I love the how the intriguing and surprising twists and turns in their relationship and the and the amazing conclusion that Unbreakable uh, presented. So. That that I think is a classic. I absolutely loved that. So that was my third tied with the village. I couldn't believe that Sightmaster Shyamalan took on a love story and did it so well. I never thought that would happen, but I'm glad it did. The village, uh, it's just a, at heart a tender romance <laughs> played out in a very suspenseful setting, a secluded 19th century village. And I thought that Walking Phoenix and Bryce Dallas Howard made a fascinating couple in that particular movie. What did you think about The Village, James? Well, of course, I think that Joaquin Phoenix is one of our finest actors. He's a little bit of a problem child, but uh, he he doesn't like to go along with all the Hollywood falderall. And, uh, in fact, he's not even happy when he's nominated for an Oscar. But uh, I saw that. <laughs> I think he's a bit ungrateful. Frankly, are you listening, Joaquin? Uh, this is the greatest honor ever bestowed on an actor. But I do think that Joaquin is one of the one of the best actors. And I also loved his late brother, uh, River Phoenix, and I thought yes. he was a terrific actor. Uh, River Phoenix. Uh, I would say, was the handsome one of the family, and Joaquin was the best actor in the family, and it's a talented family. But uh, anyway, that's how I feel about Joaquin Phoenix. I think he's terrific. And don't miss him in The Master, his new film. 
Oh yes, I can hardly wait to see that. Yes, that's that's he is absolutely terrific. He should get a nomination for that. We'll as watch. well as the village. <laughs> we'll watch. We'll definitely watch for that. I one of the things I wanted to say about the village was that uh, I thought that there were. Uh, I, I was I was very frightened about the those uh, creatures that were. You, you would just hear them. You know, you would just hear them out in the out in the woods. They're weird, well, that, that's weird. Creepier. Yeah, that's yeah. That's weird weird sounds and and uh, that frightened me more than the scary music from Jaws. <laughs> I mean, so that means they were really really scary. <laughs> so, well, you know, it, <laughs> every time I hear that music, when yeah. you hear that music from Jaws, I just get this: the hair on the back of my neck goes up <laughs> because <laughs> no. I, you know, you never forget that. Theme. It's you don't, absolutely you don't. brilliant. That, that really, that really is. That's 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 my definition of scary. And when the yeah. creatures from the that, that sounds from the creatures scared me as much, more than that, then you know how frightening that that was. And uh, uh, so so we have a lot to uh, to pay tribute to as far as as a Shyamalan is uh, is concerned. And I was wondering, um, what do you admire the most, James, about Shyamalan's work? I would have to say his inventiveness, his creativity, his unusual way of looking at things and and bringing it to us on the screen so that it it entertains us, it frightens us to death <laughs> and and we go home saying, "Oh my god, I never want to see another one of those movies." And then when one comes out, you immediately rush to see the next one. Uh, he, he's a type of filmmaker, oh, sort of like Alfred Hitchcock. And you knew that when you saw a Hitchcock movie, you were going to be entertained and frightened at the same time. And I think M. Night is kind of in that same category. I like the way you think. I, I admire him also most because his films not only frighten me, <laughs> but they also make me think about important issues and stay with me for a long time. After uh, after yes. seeing them, and if I were going to pick three words that to me would describe uh, Shalaman, I would I would say fright master <laughs> because he does he does scare us, and when he does yes. anything, we're a little bit disappointed. And then I would would say his uh, I would say crea- creativity because just like you mentioned, he's all he's original, and um, there's always something new and different in his in his films and so those would be those would be uh two and um i think the other one is uh is imagination absolutely because, yeah. <laughs> because he's always <laughs> using his imagination to create something uh and the storyteller i guess i would throw another word in there story t- storyteller. storyteller yeah yeah <laughs> and he is i'm glad you mentioned hitchcock because I think that um, that Shyamalan is one of the few filmmakers working today who could come close to Hitchcock in the area of suspense, and I think that's because he he pays more attention to what plays more to what we imagine is happening rather than showing it on screen. And I don't know about you, but my imagination can conjure up scarier things than whatever could be shown on the screen. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. I think that's a clever way of doing it by not showing anything. And and your imagination just takes hold and and 
scares you. Do Do you remember a film maybe from the fifties called The Thing? Oh yes. It was about a monster, but you never saw it, and you were just scared out of your head. That the thing. It was a brilliant movie. It was just a cheapy movie, but it was a brilliant movie. It's become a cult movie. Yes, yes, I I remember that one, and I guess I, we do get frightened by the, you know, by the things that we don't see because we're we're imagining what's what's the worst kind of thing that we that we can uh, we oh, can absolutely. imagine oh yes and something jumping out of the closet <laughs> or under your bed <laughs> exactly and it's and it's it's really wonderful with Shyamalan his knack that he has for working with youngsters and getting marvelous performances from them. We've, we've already mentioned that about Haley Joel Osment and Joseph Cross and Rory Culkin. Oh and yes, yes. And most of the most of the uh, youngsters that he's he's worked with uh, deliver great performances. Of course, he he has the sense to uh, to pick very good actors. <laughs> so so that so the actors like Bruce Willis and Mel Gibson and Joaquin Phoenix they yes. excel and make his uh, make his movies uh, uh, be be so memorable for us. I yeah. cannot believe that the time has gone by and I lost I think about three or four minutes. <laughs> being well, it was nice of you. It was nice of you, Betty Joe, to show up for your own show. Yes, I know. <laughs> but, but I'm lucky when I don't show up. I'm lucky whenever you're on the show, and and uh, and Nikki, because you two, you can just you know you can just keep things keep things going. We just kept chattering along, and that works and that works for me. That's why I, I enjoy having you here on the show. Well, I think it's time now to wrap things up. So this is Betty Jo Tucker giving a big shout out to the folks at Blog Talk Radio for picking this episode as one of today's staff picks. We really, really appreciate that. And um, I, I want to give another big shout-out to James Cold Harrison and Nikki Starr for their wonderful help. And I would uh, hope that everyone enjoyed the show. want to thank our chatters and other listeners. Sorry we didn't have time to spend more time with the chatters, but we appreciate you very, very much. Please come back next time for another spirited discussion about movies, and we hope that the gremlins will be all cleared away by that time. And in the meantime, don't you forget to check out our film reviews at realtalkreviews.com. That's R-E-E-L, realtalkreviews.com. Now, in keeping with this month's theme, Let's go out with some spooky Halloween music. <laughs> <laughs>